Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the Gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus took a coin and asked whose likeness and inscription is this? They said Caesar's. How about you? Have you ever thought about whose image you were created in and whose likeness is yours by way of your being born again in the water and word of holy baptism? Have you ever thought about that deeply? It is the image of Jesus Christ with as the hymn writer reminds us, the inscription, Jesus crucified for me, for me. You and all who have received the saintliness of God in Christ through the water and word and body and blood and an inscription of the very word of God in Christ, you are the things of God. So when Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these brothers of mine, you do for me, he is referring to the people for whom he died and rose, that they might be like him, live like him, and with him, and for him. When you love one another as he has loved you in word and deed, you render to God the things that are God's. In other words, you place them under God's care in Jesus Christ as his word has its way in your life in genuine love and care for others. It's what we do. That's right. It's what we do as members of the communion of saints. So today we ring the communion of saints bell. Listen. Can you hear it? Inscribed on this bell are the words, Come, for all things are ready. Like a dinner bell that rings to tell you that it's time to eat, this bell rings to tell us that it's time for the Lord's Supper, the meal that delivers the saintliness of Christ in fellowship with God and each other and all those who have gone before us in the faith. It's a meal that nurtures, nurtures us in such a way that we do indeed, literally, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. We render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's because we see the Caesars of this world for what they are, instruments. Instruments in the hands of a loving God, working his good in this world, for the life of the world. The Apostle Paul affirms this when he says, quote, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. They're there to keep evil in check. They're there to watch over us. He goes on to tell us that these authorities, they come from God. Quote, for there is no authority except from God, 
and those that exist have been instituted by God. Isaiah records what the Lord says to King Cyrus, who didn't know God, but nonetheless, God used to bring his blessings to his people. Did you catch that? God says, for the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, for God's people, I call you, Cyrus, by your name. I name you, though you don't know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you don't know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. You see, it's God who's at work in our world. God is at work through the authority as he has placed over us. Presidents, governors, mayors, legislatures, parents, police, firefighters, and the multiple vocations he has given to each one of us. God is at work through these things to bring his blessings into the world. Now, we rendered the things that are God's because we know where they come from. We know where the good things come from, what God is seeking to do through all of these people, right? Knowing that, as the Apostle Paul reminds us, quote, concerning God from him and through him and to him are all things. It all comes from God. That means you, along with his entire creation, you belong to him. You belong to him. And because you belong to him, he cares about you, each and every one of you. And your work, then, as the Apostle Paul reminds us, is now in Christ a work of faith and a labor of love with the steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we know how this all plays out in the end. It all comes together through God and Christ. Every one of us is important to him. For we hear, as the Apostle Paul reminds us, quote, that we are, he says, a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into mar his marvelous light. You see, there is one race, the human race, that comes in many colors. And he has chosen all of us, hasn't he? He has chosen all of us. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. His holy things, holy things such as water and word and body and blood have made us a holy people. and clothed us, and fed us with the saintliness of Jesus Christ himself. You see, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and you're not. That's why you, me, and all of us need the forgiveness of sins, but that doesn't leave us empty. He fills it, what? With his goodness, with his righteousness, with his humanity. He puts his humanity in us, so that as far as the east is from the west, so far our sins. We're clothed in his goodness, in his righteousness. And later on today, Olivia, Olivia Lewis will be clothed with his righteousness through the water and word of holy baptism in the late service. 
The Apostle Paul reminds us in our epistle lesson, quote, for we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. See, he has chosen you. We know this. You're genuine. You don't just say what you're going to do. You actually do it. You don't cancel people. You forgive them. You see, you are, God has chosen you. How? How do I know this? He says, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. This is the work of God. God in Christ, working through those apostles and working through you, the priesthood of all believers. He goes on to say, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, as for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers. So he's commending them for letting the word have its way in their lives. Well, we're celebrating 170 years of God at work through his gospel, by his Holy Spirit at work through his word in this place we call Trinity. Trinity's pastors, teachers, and staff, and fellow members have been using their time, treasure, and talents all of these years to render to God the things that are God's, to love others as he has loved us. Now, I've been a year, a lot of years, and I've been able to witness how this happens. I've been here long enough to, to see us struggle, to see whether or not we're going to be able to pay our bills at times. I mean, when I first got here, I couldn't sleep at night. How are we ever going to get out of this hole that we've dug ourselves into? And I worried about that, trying to do what I could do, right? And through my board of elders, I learned it's not about you, pastor. It's about Jesus and him crucified and risen from the dead. Don't rely on what you do. Rely on him. Use the talents and wisdom and skill he has given you to God's glory, recognizing that he's the one at work at this place. He causes the growth, and he causes things to go, go bad for a while. Both. For what purpose? So that we rely on him and all of the blessings that he's given us in Jesus Christ. I mean, one time I, I didn't go to a pastor's conference. Oh, I confess. I went and walked 10 miles on a path because I didn't know how we were going to do this. But it was your elders who pointed me back in the right, in the right place. And that, from that came a book. I don't know if you know that. That comes from you. And then I see how this works. I remember doing a, for a man by the name of Walter, Dan's uncle. I was doing the commendation of the dying on him. And he didn't awake, wasn't awake, but I, I shared with him the service of the Lord's word, knowing that the word of God always bears fruit. Sang a hymn and gave him the blessing. And then as I'm leaving, I, I feel someone coming in to visit Walter. And the guy says, hi, I'm Walter's financial person. Walter was a single guy who le lived with that much. He said, your, your parishioner here 
said to tell me that he loved his church. He's the one who finished off that ministry center with hundreds and thousands of dollars that he left. He rendered to God the things that are God's, that those little kids could be singing here this morning about the love of God in Jesus Christ. By the way, someone just did that again. A classmate of Emma Themy, 98 years old, passed away, and he left us gifts again. Why? He said Trinity was the place where I learned of the love of God in Jesus Christ from the pulpit of the church and the classrooms of its school. Last week, there was a guy here who's been watching us online. We emailed a couple of times. He has no connection with, what's, with us whatsoever, but he decided to visit us. As he left here, he was like amazed. It's so much better in person, and isn't it? God comes to us incarnationally, right? He left us a check of $80,000 for our program. He'll never experience, you know, playing on the playground or being here very often. By the way, thank you, Richard. He's probably watching us right now. You don't know who he is, and it really doesn't matter because all of us know that it, what matters is the name of Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the dead. It's his love at work in our lives. I think of the time, of the time that you people, all of you, have given to your church. I sp think of the endless hours that you spend in committees and in boards and seeking how to make this a place where God's word is faithfully taught in its church and school and, and that the vocations of those under our care are, are, are brought out to the best of their ability and that they would use these talents, these, this wisdom and skill that they receive here, not simply for themselves, but for the benefit of others, for the life of the world. That's why we need this school here now more than ever. I think about all the time that so many people have given and do today too. I mentioned the treasure, but I also think of the talents and the wisdom and skill that so many of you bring covering things that I certainly am not an expert in. We have experts from every walk of life here. We have lawyers, we have doctors, we have, we have marketers, we have tradespeople. And I'm going to close in talking about this section of the sermon with this. What really touched my heart when we were redoing the ministry center, when we bought it for a million dollars, and we weren't sure how we were going to pay for it. There were some guys there, about six or seven, I believe, who were there every Tuesday and Thursday, I think it was, after work, after they had put in, you know, all of these hours laying floors and so forth. And someone had asked them, why are you doing this? You voted against buying this. And they did. <laughs> you know what they said? They loved their church. This is what we agreed as a voters, voters' assembly, so we better make sure it succeeds. They probably saved us about a half a million dollars. You see how this works? Rendering to God the things that are God's for the greater good, for the greater good of our community and world. Do you know that there are people watching us all over the world right now? Africa. There's someone who reached out to me from India the other day. Wow. Making known the love of Christ. 
That's what this place has been about for 170 years. And thank God, thank God that he is still with us with these uh, wonderful showers of his grace and mercy through good times and bad, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, right? Our Lord is here for us, to love us and to care for us through his people. Today, the communion of saints is, bell is told. Today it's told again. You see the communion of saints, people who have been given the goodness of God and Christ through the years, including you. Listen to it again as you are reminded of the words of our Lord engraved on it that invite you to this feast of victory for our God. Come, for all things are ready. These things of God, namely our, our Lord's very body and blood, rendered, rendered for the glory of God. They're rendered by and for the glory of God. What do they do? This is what they do. They bring us together with angels, archangels, and all the company of heaven. Wherever our Lord is, there's no distance between heaven and earth. Our Lord says, I'm right here, right now, whenever and wherever two or three are gathered in my name to hear my word and celebrate my feast. It's been going on here for 170 years. Our Lord is here, and wherever our Lord is, there is all the company of heaven. Thank God for the blessings he has rendered to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.